and welcome back to the Midnight Mass Creature Cast. I'm your host, Bobby Blades. On this eve of the three-year anniversary of the disappearance of Mark. Um, Rob, I'm I'm right here. Holy fuck! I'm back. Yeah, I'm I'm back. I'm ready to do the show. Dude, you you've been gone for three years, and I've got uh, I've got Joe over here co-hosting with me. Um, what what the well, hell happened I, to you? I, I was. I, I was the original host. I don't really know. I remember the last thing we were recording at that cottage and you went to go get some, what was it? Cheetos? I don't remember what it was, but like you left for just a minute. There's that bright light and then I'm back here and I'm ready to do the show. Uh, so we can just tell Joe to hit the road. That's, I was that's great. And I'll, um, what's with the weird little person? Uh, looks like a juggalo next to you. Uh, yeah, what the hell is he doing? Why is he just staring at me smiling? Well, he's kind of like, uh, he's my buddy now. Kind of goes wherever I go. Uh, yeah, he's he's my right-hand guy. Uh, he won't interrupt the podcast, so he's quiet. You know, he doesn't really say anything. But uh, Joe's going to have to get out of that chair so I can sit down and start recording the show with you because I'm the original co-host here. So Joe can take a hike. Uh, yeah, I don't exactly know what to do. I'm kind of in a weird position, you know. Uh, anyway, what is the clown doing with that yo-yo? I think he's going to help you make a decision about whether it's me or Joe, and you might want to start thinking about it really fast. Holy shit! Going to end up. What? What is that? What happened to Joe's head? Oh my! Oh my goodness! I. I I, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but we're going to have to go off the air now. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd see things my way. I'm back. You're back? Back from where? Tony's father has been away a long time. Now, he's coming home. Extro has returned. Once a man, he is now something more than human. Indestructible, ever-changing, evil. His mission, to avenge, to possess, to destroy. Why did you come back? I came back for you. Oh, my God. Joe! Extro, bearing powers of black magic from deep space. If you think hard about something, you can make it happen. Use it when you need it. Cinema, rated R. All right. 
Judging from that trippy, trippy, trippy trailer, we are going to be covering Extro from 1982. We're glad you joined us for this episode of the Midnight Mass Creature Cast. I am Mark, the uh, co-host of this uh, trip that we're going to be taking, and I am joined by the ever-awesome... Mr. Bobby Plains, or you can just call me Rob if you want. That's what all the cool people call you. Yeah, only only my friends can call me that. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we are going to be talking about um, Extro, which is still to me one of the strangest uh, horror sci-fi mashups I've ever seen in my life. Oh, uh, indeed. And I've I've existed for quite a while on this earth, but yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, if you have not seen this, this is a spoiler um, show. Everything we talk about, there will be spoilers right and left. So if you have not seen this, I recommend watching it before you join us on this journey. Um, but we're going to jump right into things uh, as far as spoilers go. Oh, definitely. Would you agree, Rob? Yeah, yeah. we are. We are going to fill this episode with spoilers. Spoilerific, it's going to be. Spoilerific, exactly. Uh, now, Rob. As far as extra goes, what is your relationship with the film? When did you first see it? Uh, the f- <laughs> <laughs> this is this is going to be good because I didn't see this until uh, yesterday, and I finished watching it today. So um, that that would be my first experience with extra. Okay, and I, I said off air, uh, but I'll say it again. I'm taking it that you're talking to me is a good sign. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. All right. Now I rented extra way back, way back uh, in the VHS days, uh, pop the thing on. I knew nothing about, I knew nothing about this movie whatsoever. <clears throat> it was uh, just, I, the cover looked cool. Um, popped it in my, my VCR, let the thing play. And I was just blown away. Uh, on so many levels of it um it's creepy it's bizarre <laughs> um it's got some awesome uh practical effects everything in it's for the most part practical effects you don't have like you know computer things really for the most part um i love the thing then i love it now um it's a harder movie to find actually still to this day it um, is i've had so much trouble locating it yeah i think it's worth cracking it down if you've not seen it yet if you're into that kind of uh, melding of sci-fi and horror together. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, as an aside, I did see now extra sounded familiar. Um, and I thought I had okay. watched this one many years ago, but actually I ended up watching extra three as my first uh, introduction to the series. <laughs> yeah. See that one, I think that's probably easier to find because that one, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was vinegar syndrome. They put that one out. Yeah, um, and that one's actually on Prime. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then the director for this one, uh, Harry Bromley Davenport, which I love the name. Um, he would automatically, I think, like have like like a hunting outfit on with a dog, with the name like that. Anyway, um, but he he directed um this film and also Extra Three, and he also was the director of Extra Two, uh, the Second Encounter from '91. So he did all three of the films in the trilogy. Okay. Um. They really don't have much. The, the other two sequels really don't have much to do with ex, this extra. This no, because the third uh, one I saw, it had no, absolutely nothing to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. No, this one is a, a beast in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. 
now, okay, this is a mystery uh, that I kind of stumbled upon. Um, so in watching the film for this uh, recording, the creature effects were um, done by Francis Coates. And when you go to IMDb or Wikipedia or anything, he's not, there's nothing about the man whatsoever. Boo, there's nothing about the man tying him to this film at all. But his name's in the credits. But when you do look this gentleman up, if it's the same person, um, he was involved with Deep Star Six from 89, if it's the same Francis Coates. Um, and he also did um, work on Lost in Space from 98. But I just find that weird that, like, he's just not mentioned with this movie in connection at all. But I don't know. So I'm just putting that out there. I want to give the man his due if that was the same Francis Coates. Wow. That or he's just been abducted after the movie and they've just never seen him again. But he'll show up later and be like, why am I not on IMDb? Yeah, he showed up uh, thir- instead of three years, it'll be 30 years later. Yeah, 30 years later, he showed up. Yeah. But anyway, but uh, I definitely think kudos need to go out because I think there's some pretty creepy, creepy effects in the film as far as the creature goes. Oh, there in is. Person. Yeah. Especially our first introduction to the creature. Holy cow. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow. That was creepy as shit. Yeah, holy cow, yeah. Um, and then there's really not a, the cast is not a big cast. Are you okay if I just kind of run through them really quick? Sure, go for it. Okay, so the father of the film, his name is Sam. He's played by Philip Sayer. Um, he's done a couple of things I'm familiar with. He was in Sebastian um, from 76, but he was uncredited. Now, have you seen The Hunger by Tony Scott, Ridley Scott's brother? Uh, is it a David vampire movie? Yeah, and Susan Sarandon. I think I have seen that, yeah. Okay, I would love to do that on the show sometime, but it's it's like one of my favorite vampire movies, and I'm not like a huge vampire fan, but I love The Hunger. Very stylized. Uh, he also did this, uh, He also did Slayground from 83 the same year as uh, The Hunger. He did Shanghai Surprise. Did you ever sit through that one? No, I never even Madonna heard of it. Oh, it's that Madonna movie that she did with Sean Penn. Oh, man, it's something else. <laughs> I don't recommend it, people. I'm just putting that out there. And then now Sam is married to Rachel, and the actress is Bernice Stegers. Stegers? I think it's Stegers. Um, the only thing I know her from is the amazing Lamberto Baba film from 1980. It's Macabro, um, or Macabre, depending on whether you're doing the Italian or the American one. If you enjoy bizarre cinema, you need to check it out. It's kind of like based on a true story thing, but it's so weird. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Lombardo Baba's uh, Macabro. Um, then they have a, a son, Tony, and um, Simon Nash. And the only thing that I recognize from this uh, young actor was he was in Terry Gilliam's Brazil from 85. Another one I haven't seen nope. or heard of. Oh, okay. Okay. Terry Gilliam's from Monty Python. He directed that one. Okay. Now, um, and- Yo, go ahead, go. Oh, no, I just said, okay. Oh, okay, all right. And then um, there's another character, Joe, uh, who, uh, it'll make more sense when we get into things, but he's actually involved with Rachel. And he's Danny, I think it's Brianin, B-R-A-I-N-I-N. The only thing I know him from is Yentl from 83. Um, <laughs> you know that movie? I, I've never seen it, but I've heard quite a lot about it. Okay, yeah, that's the Barbara Streisand one, but I don't care about that for any reason because it has Mandy Patinkin with a beard and there's a butt shot, and that's really the only thing I remember. 
now they also have an au pair, uh, uh, Annalise. Um, so I love Annalise so very much. Um, she is played by an actress. It is uh, Miriam Diablo. Diablo. She actually did a lot of stuff. I was surprised when I looked her up. She was in White Knights. It was a Mikhail Baryshnikov, Gregory Hines film. I don't know if you saw that one. No. Uh, she, okay. She was in Out of Africa with Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. That was a really big deal at the time. She was in a Bond film, uh, The Living Daylights. And that was when um, Alec Baldwin was playing Mr. 007. And not uh, not not the... <laughs> oh, wait. You said Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, Pierce that, Pierce Brosnan. No, one, yeah, actually, it wasn't him either. It was Timothy Dalton. So that was like later on. Oh um, my! Uh, but I didn't look up who she was. Um, I saw it, but I don't remember the character. I don't know if she. I assume she was a Bond girl. I'm guessing. Hmm. Um, now, did you ever? It's a TV movie. It was called Nightlife from '89. Did you ever see? I'm just going out on a limb. Did you ever see this one? I have not seen that. So it's like a mummy vampire movie mashup. They like get this mummy, but it's actually a mummy of a vampire. And so things don't go well after they find that. Um, <laughs> it might be it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but it might be a fun one to cover like way on down the line. Yeah. Um, she did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, she was on, um, on an episode in 93 because that one ran for a while. And then she was in Dorian Gray for the 2009 um adaptation of that book uh, that i think book. i anyway. did see the the dorian gray movie actually oh okay all right yeah so she was in that one and that's really just the cast that i wanted to cover really quick because it's not a big cast and i don't i wasn't gonna go into any like really the secondary characters for the most part i just want to do the main characters and gotcha. get those guys out of the way give those actors their due so now to the gist of the film <laughs> how so do we much how do we properly explain this? I mean, How I, do we properly explain it? Um, basically, it's uh, and then you, Rob, you stop me if you think I'm not explaining it right or anything like that. Basically, it's the uh, story of a family torn apart by an alien encounter. Um, and then the father, after about three years, pops back into the life of uh, his wife um, and kind of just wants to move right back in. Uh, he's got uh, basically a hidden agenda and it kind of wreak havoc, wreaks havoc with everyone involved uh, in their lives. Would you say that sounds right? I think that's what I well, I'm going to say I believe that's the plot line they were going for. But somewhere mm -hmm. along the line, it kind of confused the hell out of me. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. So we'll go, we'll kind of start breaking things down from here. But that kind of is just an overview, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our father is Sam, and uh, they're at a cottage, um, which I thought looked very cozy. But they're at their cottage, and uh, Rachel, the mom, she just, basically the movie starts, don't you think? I mean, it, like, just jumps into things, like, really quick. Oh, yeah. There's Absolutely. no character. Yeah. Anyway, so mom like is going into town to get something. I'm assuming bread. I don't know why. I just assume they need a bread. Maybe. So uh, she leaves uh, Tony and, and um, Tony and uh, Sam there playing with a stick with Katie the dog. Uh, oh, the dog's name is Katie. Yeah, Katie. Okay, I I think honestly I thought it was something else. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> 
they have now guys this is a uh like a uh uk film so they have very thick uh british accents i would say um would you not agree rob um well i can usually understand british accents this one was just a I don't know, very, very odd. Like, especially when they spoke people's names, I couldn't make it out. Mm-hmm. Except for our uh, nanny, she's actually French. Right, right. Except for Joe, but Joe's not supposed to be, uh, he's supposed to be American. Yeah, he's uh, an American swine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so mom's left them alone. Um, there's basically something comes from the sky there's a bright light and then sam is basically taken away leaving tony alone um at the cottage mm-hmm. didn't you find that uh, funny when um like he's he's throwing the stick is he trying to throw the stick over the house uh so the dog yeah, can chase like, after what, it what do you want to do yeah like levitate into the air and grab that stick exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I always, I remember the first time I watched that, that like really struck me as odd. I'm like, what are you expecting the dog to do with that stick? Right. I, was, I also wanted to, go, go ahead, Rob. I was just wondering like why you don't throw it outward instead of upward. You know, it's like a, a dog is not going to be able to climb the wall unless it's super dog or something. Right. And the scene we're referring to, it's like an aerial shot. But I also wanted like that same aerial shot to have the roof like littered with other sticks that he had thrown up there for Katie to get that she couldn't reach. There's <laughs> just nothing but sticks on their roof that poor Katie could never get down. <laughs> poor dog. Oh, that, no, poor Katie. Uh, so that pretty much sets us up for everything that's going to come into play. Um, and then poor Tony, and you know, as anyone would expect, he's he's riddled with these nightmares. Uh, because his father's just disappeared and it becomes clear that like, you know, mom's not really getting him much of the help that he needs. Um, it's no. been three years. Um, and then, you know, um, Tony, uh, has this horrible nightmare. Um, and we, this is where we meet, uh, Annalise, the au pair. And, uh, we also meet, um, Joe. And then so in this three year interim that Sam's been gone, she's actually, you know, met this other gentleman, uh, Joe, and he's living with them now in, in their apartment. Um, so we've got Tony, the boy, we've got Rachel, the mom and her love interest, Joe. Um, and then we have Annalise, the uh, French au pair. Uh, so <laughs> now the scene that we were talking about, this is pretty much when it comes. Basically, there's this light in the sky. It lands in the forest. It's nighttime. There's like it where it lands. It basically burns everything. So there's this fire going on. Yeah. Um. And then we kind of get this creature thing, kind of like coming up out of the ground, which I think I put down in my notes. Creepy as that. That was it. It came out of this goop that was it. It looked like it had melted the ground, and then the goop was just kind of there. Oh yeah, and we've talked about this on here before, but like things happening at night, like while you don't, you're not even aware of it. I find that so creepy. And this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like, you know, everything else is existing. You're asleep, whatever. And then this thing is out there, like coming out of forced ground. It's just disgusting. Creepy as heck. Mm. Um, And then we are coming up to our first uh, couple of victims. It's it's a uh, couple, male, male, female couple. 
And um, that's when they get the, we first get our look of that, the extra creature, like in full form oh, on the man. roadside. Yeah, that's uh, going to get like me. It's like a flashlight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that stuck with me more than anything. Like that seared itself into my mind. That image. It looked like it was a, a human turned upside down with it, its limbs bent backward so it could walk and its head was kind of upside down too. Just creepy as all get out. It is very unnerving. It is very, very unnerving. Yeah, it's it's super unnerving. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh that's basically what it was. It, it was uh, played by a mime, actually. Um <laughs> believe it or not. Um <laughs> But uh, uh, they decide, well, they've hit, they, they, they definitely hit it. They definitely hit the thing. Um, the gentleman decides to get out of the car and check on it, of course. Like, I'm like, no, I would just keep going because you saw what it was. It was horrifying. And he's like, stay in the car, Susan. <laughs> yeah, Susan doesn't listen. Susan doesn't listen. Uh, no. Uh, so she, she's getting out. She's investigating the front and she touches the bumper. She's got goop all over her hands and he follows the like the trail of blood basically into the forest and he kind of spies the thing, which I'm like, once you see that, you don't get closer to it. You, you move away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I, he doesn't do that. He leans down and gets like blood spit into his eyes. And it, it, that kills him, which that was, that just totally blew my mind. Like it looked like tentacles whipped out of the creature's mouth hit him underneath yeah, it, both eyes and it just killed him immediately. So I was like, that must be some potent poison right there. Yeah. 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 You don't want to mess with this guy in the woods. <laughs> uh, and then, and then uh, the, the poor woman, um, Jane, actually, actually it's Jane and Ben. Ben's the, the one who got, who's gotten killed in the forest. And then Jane, you know, she's out and then we see the little uh, extra arm attacks her leg but her attacks her but her legs caught in the steering wheel which i love how would you get in that position but oh so. yes i was laughing about that too <laughs> exactly but then that's basically how she, you know she meets her demise at extra's hands as well um but we don't see how it. how it kills her though right yeah we don't see that no not really no not at all we just okay. assume it, it's a bad yeah uh and then um you know poor tony's having a bad dream which uh he has to go into uh, his uh, mother's bedroom. Oh, and that of course interrupts. Yep, for love making with Joe. Coitus interruptus. Exactly, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. do, now I, I can relate to that because as a child, I walked in. I, I had a nightmare. I walked into my parents' bedroom, and um, yeah, that was going on. So I was pretty much scarred for life after that really yeah. see that never happened because my parents never touched each other like ever <laughs> <laughs> my dad slept in the bedroom and my mom slept on the couch it was like the weirdest thing ever yeah anyway so i have no idea what that would be like well i guess that's a lie on the flip side though when i was um married the first time i believe tyler interrupted my wife and i a couple times Oh, that's but terrifying I mean, for a child. It is. You know, I'm like, how do you explain the sling? <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, so then, and then we also get uh, basically our first, now this reminded me a lot of uh, our humanoids from the deep one. You get the little, like a point of view of extra kind of peeking in on the, the, the blonde's cottage. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. 
now I'm I'm actually so excited that this was your first time viewing this movie because <laughs> I knew what I was going to get. Were you prepared at all for what you got with this whole thing? I had no idea. No clue. Okay. <laughs> so basically what we get is there's a blonde woman who clearly is not an idiot. I mean, she's home uh, alone. She's got this little uh, Jack Russell Terrier. She knows there's something outside, so she she locks everything, but then turns out the lights. I don't know if I would have done that. Turns out the lights, but she's also got like a shotgun and she loads it, which I'm like, you know, you go, girl. Um, but somehow in the interim, Extra has gotten into her house and he like attacks her from underneath the table. And then this protrusion like locks itself onto her mouth. And I totally thought it was going down south. <laughs> That's what Walt said. He's like, oh, for, he's like, for some reason, I thought it was going to go lower. I'm yep. like, yeah, no, it, it <laughs> kind of the same effect, but a different route to get there. Right. Yeah. 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 And then now that's really all we get in the beginning that we don't we don't go any further with that because now we're back with Tony and he's had a nightmare. And that's when uh, Rachel rushes in there and she discovers that he is like basically covered from head to toe in blood. Right. That was fucking weird yeah. right there. Yeah. And she's like and he's like, Daddy's hurt. And, you know, they get the doctor involved and he's like, the boy's fine, but there's still no like idea where the, all that blood came from that he's just drenched in blood but it's not his so everything's fine yeah we're I'm not... like no doesn't work that way <laughs> everything's fine because it's not his blood but we don't know where the blood came yeah. from yeah basically he's like laying there like carrie from the prom but <laughs> they're all fine with it just um, just keep it moving <laughs> right right now just real quick did he not have like the weirdest bed ever i you know what we like I said, you know, that's why we're a team because we think along the same lines. I just, I got it, it in my notes. I was like, what kind of bed is that? It is it looked like an erector set. Like you could change it at like a whim. And it didn't look sturdy to me. I don't know. The whole thing looks very odd. But anyway. It looked like he could just die having a bad dream. Like if he turned over oh, exactly. on one side. Really? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh <laughs> And this is kind of like where we really start getting a glimpse to me at Joe's personality. Because, like, you know, Annalise is like, you know, he just needs time. He's still getting over his father's disappearance. And Joe's just like, he's in denial. He doesn't accept anything. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm like, you're just dick, Joe. Yeah, he's, he's uh, a cock. I don't, yeah, isn't he? I just, I don't know. And then he's always boohooing that, like, that Tony doesn't like him. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't like you either. I understand why Tony doesn't like you, Joe. Right. Um, no, not, he's not a, to mention head full of permed hair. What's that? Not to mention Joe's head full of permed hair. Oh, right. Yeah. The, oh, man. The 80s in the perms. What's up with that? Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we're back with our blonde. Um, she's all bloody. She's bruised and beat up and then in the background <laughs> in the background we see her jack russell eating <laughs> oh Basically. and i was like what is the dog oh, eating yeah. is the dog eating the remains of the extra or i was like what the yeah. fuck is going on here 
like, you look like you're not in the best of shape to clean this up. Let me help you. <laughs> I am man's best friend. I'm going to eat all this up for you. You know how like uh, yeah. when cats give birth, they eat the they eat the <laughs> sacks and the placenta and everything. So it's like the dog was yeah, kind of oh, cleaning yeah. up. Uh, the dog was, but there was a lot to eat, Rob. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think that little dog could finish it all in one sitting. No, there was a lot to eat. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I have in my notes written in all caps. It's extra skin. Extra <laughs> skin. Lots of extra <laughs> it's baby yeah. foreskin. Right, right. So anyway, our poor blonde is like looking all the worse for wear. So she decides that like a drink of water, I guess, will help her out. So she heads to the kitchen. Uh, and then that's when, I don't know about you, but like these noises uh, that the sound department dropped in for like, I guess, what's happening to her body, I found like sickeningly disgusting. So like it's like yeah. crunching, grinding. I, I don't know. It's just like the sickening noises. <laughs> huh. Can't say I paid much attention to the noises. I was like wondering how the oh. hell everything was going on. So I guess my mind was elsewhere. Okay. It, well, yeah, because she goes from like, Zero to, a month, zero to nine months in like a matter of seconds because she's basically become impregnated. Oh, no doubt. Yep. And it, yeah. like her, he, her belly was fucking huge. Yeah, because she's not carrying a baby. She's carrying Sam, who's come back to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and where the hell does, where did his head pop out of? Because it did not, I, I just, I don't know. I can't even. Yeah, I, well, so we get the scene. It's basically shot not straight on, but a, a side view of her spread legs and her head. His head is coming out of her neither regions, mm-hmm. all blood, all nude. Uh, he has to, you know, bad enough that you're you've arrived on Earth in this fashion, but you have to chew off your own umbilical cord to free yourself. I know that. <laughs> I wrote it down as pregnancy gore. That is exactly you. That's exactly it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, and then I like how he just got to shower himself off. <laughs> in the thing. Yeah. Now, um, did that? Now, did you see Warlock too? When uh, Warlock gave birth to himself. Yes. yes okay. So yeah. that this reminded me of the scene where Julian Sands, you know, became born in Warlock too. It's <laughs> like just reminded yeah, of that. I, yeah. Yes, I'm in total agreement. Now, this, I'm curious how what you think about this. Was this all like uh, plotted out by the alien as far as like I need an escape route and clothes? Because the next thing we see is Sam is putting on the clothes from um, Ben, who, who he killed earlier, who Exco killed earlier. Mm-hmm. And then he's actually taking Jane's car to drive away. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's really convenient. So did he plan all this, I'm assuming? Right. No, I was just thinking it was a happy or unhappy coincidence, I guess, that, you know, okay, the, yeah. the two people who couldn't, you know, who decided to be nosy, just, hey, you know, I'll steal from this guy because I need clothes and then I'll uh, take the car with the dead body in it. Right. And head on out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. So but now clearly, just real quick, clearly, Sam doesn't have a memory of some things so i'm like you know was driving was it difficult for him or did he just pick that up again like right away real quick yeah i don't know i was just curious about what 
was good with and what he struggled with. I don't know. These are just questions I find myself asking. They have not. I was wondering if um, the aliens had actually made a clone of Sam. Because this, like, what I was thinking is that Sam has a kind of two different modes. Like, he wants to reunite with his son, but he's also got those, uh, the alien instincts where he's almost robotic and just kinds of does whatever the alien needs to do to survive. So I was wondering if it right, did, yeah. if it had the memories of Sam and it was the alien at the same time. So it, it was kind of like two different personalities clashing with each other. Or are we even looking at Sam? Is Sam like dad and this is, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 That's a totally legitimate viewpoint, Rob. I didn't really even go there. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That makes, actually this makes a lot of this make a lot more sense if you're not really even dealing with Sam's Sam. Right. Yeah. Cause that's what yeah. helped me get through the film when those weird parts started coming up and I'm just like, okay, why is this happening now? What, what's the reason yeah. behind this? But yeah, just okay, yeah. thinking about it yeah. like that. Yeah. Now this is also where um, we find out that like he can't talk just yet because he tries to phone phone home and um, <laughs> eat extra phone know, home. Right, right. And then you know Rachel answers the phone, but he's he's just making these inaudible kind of grunt noises, and he melts the phone. Yeah, the phone actually ends up melting in his touch. Yeah. Uh, it's like that was a yeah. good effect right there. Yeah. Uh, and then um, we we get the breakfast scene, which I don't know about you, but I in in movies they make kids like uber obnoxious to the point where you're like, no child would be allowed to continue to act like this. <laughs> they would be like sent to their room. But he was like so obnoxious with like Harry, the GI Joe character. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh no, like take that from him and like send him to his room. But anyway. Um, so we get the breakfast scene with Rachel and um, and Joe and Annalise has got to take him to school. And that's when we find out that Joe's a photographer and he's going to be doing his photo shoot with Paula. Oh, yes. I remember this scene. And what the mm -hmm. hell was what was wrapped around her thighs? Because that was really weird. Wrapped around Rachel or Annalise? Uh, neither. The, the photo shoot lady. Oh, Paula. Oh, I don't know. It, she, it was like a photo shoot for cheese. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I what is know. this and why is he doing it? Yeah, I don't know. It was so odd. It was so weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> like yeah, she's she's wearing high heels and there's a there's a mug of beer underneath her her like red fuck me pumps. And it's just, uh, I was wow. like, what, what is going on here? Why, why is this happening? Very odd. And I also love in the eighties, it seemed like a lot of people were, were, uh, photographers. Did you notice that? Like a lot of people, their fallback job, they were photographers, I guess. Cause you could get women in the movie easier that way. Yeah, I um, think so. I remember a lot of eighties movies having that, like, the the models being photographed and, you know, that, that sort of set piece. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. You'll find that in a lot of movies anyway. But, um, so Annalise is off with Tony to school, but then we see that Sam's basically like stalking them and he's following tony and annalise on their way to on, on tony's way to school is what he's doing he's yeah talking to them yeah and i 
also love the scene where there's a van driver and he strikes the car that Sam has stolen, but he didn't bother to dump the the the, the body of Jane out. So she's just <laughs> sitting in there dead. Yeah, he didn't care. He's like, whatever. I'll leave it for somebody else. Whatever. I'll drive around with the corpse. Yeah. <laughs> and then so the 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 band guy, he's being a nice guy, so he gets out to apologize, and then he realizes it's just this dead woman slumped over the, the with, dashboard of the with her belly ripped open, which is weird. Oh, yeah, her belly was ripped. Up. Yeah, I want. I'm assuming that's how he killed her. You know how we were talking about earlier when you said we don't know what he did. I assume that's what he did. Is something he did something to her stomach? Yeah, because I was thinking like. Maybe did did he like give birth to himself again through her? Maybe I don't know. I think he just I in my mind there was no birth. I think he just killed her that way. That's what I'm thinking happened. Yeah, he just ate her stomach I, or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know why. I don't think you give your birth twice because he was still extra when he attacked the blonde. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think he just uh, tore her open. Is my guess. I, that's my guess. Um, but this is also one of my favorite highlights of the movie because we see Annalise and Michael in bed, her boyfriend. Oh yeah. That, um, that's my, she, one of my favorite parts right there. I'll tell you. Um, and you know, yeah, probably. But you know what I thought at first, I thought that was the mom's boyfriend and Annalise. I thought they were, you know, getting freaky together at first. Actually, Walt said the same thing. He's like, is that Joe? And I'm like, no, because this man has straight hair and Joe has that perm. Yeah. See, I wasn't paying attention to the hair. I was looking at the boobs. <laughs> I was looking at the man butt. Um, yeah. Um, and then um, we're back at the thing. And this is where we find out that mom, Rachel's going to take Tony to the zoo just to kind of like feel him out and see what's going on. And um, so she's gone to pick him up at school. And that's where the teacher's like, oh no, dad picked him up. And I'm like, but he's been gone for three years. Yeah, and he, you know what I mean? the last time we saw, he couldn't even speak. Well, yeah, okay, that, but I'm like, as a teacher, it would have been three years since you saw this man. Wouldn't you be a little leery about letting him take the kid, dad or not? Oh, yeah, you that's saying? I'm yeah. like, Yeah, I'm like, you're a really bad teacher. But anyway, so like, you know, Rachel, understandably, is like freaking out. And then she spies Tony, like, running so she chases him and that's basically where she comes face to face with sam who she's not seen in three years <laughs> and i totally thought he was going to extra out right there oh did you now you're waiting for it weren't you yeah i was like um, oh no, man she, he's gonna kill her <laughs> yeah but no she just gives him a slap in the face and then he's like i don't even know where i was one minute i'm throwing so, a stick and the next minute i'm gone <laughs> right and Katie never shows back up, does she? As far as I can remember, I don't think she's in the film ever again. The dog? No, I've never seen the dog after that, actually. Well, they left that dog on the roof for three years. <laughs> Poor dog had to eat birds and whatever else flew by. Okay. Um, now, okay, I'm asking you, okay? It's been three years, let's say your spouse, and then all of a sudden they show up like this. Can you imagine what's like racing through your head? I don't even think I'd you know? be able to form a sentence. No, I'd be like, okay, is it really you? You know, and then like you took our kid, you know, where have you been? You just pop back. I, there's so many like unanswered questions I would have. Mm -hmm. So many emotions going on. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think the movie does a good job with like her turmoil that she would have with all this. I I really do think it does, you know, for like a kind of goofy sci-fi horror movie. I think it kind of balances all the things that she would have to deal with. Oh, on that part. Yeah. Because like, you know, her, the boyfriend wants her, thinks that she's moved on, but she doesn't really know what happened to her husband. Just knows that he's been gone for him. It's cut and dry for her. It's not. And she's like, you know, she, she loves him and she will always have a place in her heart for him. Um, yeah. But then on the other hand, it's like, where the fuck have you been? You know, all this other stuff. And right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes, exactly. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. And we saw no, we saw no real relationship between Sam and Rachel at all in the beginning. It, she basically left to go to, to, to go get something. So there really wasn't a whole lot of like uh, interaction between the couple beforehand. So we don't know what their relationship was like. Yeah, exactly. Before, all of them. you know what I mean? But I'm assuming like, I mean, cause Tony was, what would you say Tony was like probably like five or so, supposedly five, six or so when he, when he left. So at least there's like, they had some sort of history together cause they had a kid, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you assume they cared for each other. I don't know. It's just very interesting. Yeah, and it didn't um, seem like they were estranged from each other. I mean, it's just that he vanished right, yeah. mysteriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, she, she, you know, of course, understandably, she brings Sam back home because he's claiming he doesn't remember anything. So she gives him his favorite scotch and she gives him some clothes to borrow and everything. And she basically, she's one knows what he remembers. And he's just, you know, I remember the light. I remember the cottage and the strong wind. It felt very hot. And that was it. Um, oh, we forgot to mention. So a little bit earlier, there's this nosy neighbor named Ms. Goodman. Oh, man. I want to mention her. Oh, yeah, I could, I could I not love- stand her right from the get-go. Okay. But I, I need to mention her because I love this scene. Because, you know, back at the apartment, Rachel calls to tell Joe, you know, Sam's here. Like, he just showed up. But anyway, so we get uh, Joe rushing back home and Miss Goodman's out in the hall and she's like, oh, I see that Sam's back. I'll miss our little conversations, which I thought that was a great jab at Joe. I love that so much. I love that so, so much. (laughs) Um, But anyway, and like, you know, Joe's being all like, you know, alpha male when he gets in there and everything. And um this is where we get the quote from Joe that he looks British, but he thinks Yiddish, which I'm like, okay. Oh, which means um, that like he, he must be Jewish or something, right? Uh-huh. Correct. Yeah. He's Jewish. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, he's just, I don't know what I would be like in that situation, but he just seems like a bit much to me. I just, Joe, I just, he rubs me the wrong, wrong way. I mean, I, I understand how he'd be irate, but he just rubs me the wrong way about how he handles it. <laughs> I don't like the way he handles anything pretty much. No, he just, yeah, it just seems like he, I don't know. He's like, I had a chip on his shoulder about everything. I mean, I get why, but the way he goes about handling it is what I have an issue with anyway. <laughs> yeah, he does come off as like um, a giant baby. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he really does. He really, now, let me ask you this, too. Does he seem younger than Rachel and Sam? Not a lot, but just, does he seem younger than Rachel and Sam to you? Uh, yeah, since... Holy shit. Now that you mention it. Yeah. He's, he looks like to maybe to be in his early twenties while they look to be maybe late thirties, possibly yeah, okay. even forties. Yeah. 
yeah just to me i'm like oh did she like kind of you know like date down it's like a you know <laughs> may december kind of relationship just to me i want to get your spin on too because i've always thought he looked younger and maybe that explains why he's so kind of like immature in the relationship i don't know that could be because he does look a, a great deal younger than them both of them actually yeah, just to me i thought he looked a lot younger. okay anyway i just want to get your opinion on that um so this is where we get the scene where <laughs> when Tony first clues in that maybe dad is not quite right because uh, Tony has a pet snake who's also <laughs> named Harry. Everything that he owns is named Harry. Um, but Harry has eggs in there and then dad decides he needs a snack. So he just smashes the eggs and starts like chowing down on this green goo that would like not come from snake. Right. Eggs. It did it definitely looks- not snake eggs. No. <laughs> um. But see, I love this other scene too, because your husband's shown up after three years. He's already taken your kid from school without permission. You freaked out about that. You brought him back to your apartment. It's dinner time. You're you're gonna go look for them. And now they're both gone because Tony freaked out and ran out of the apartment. Sam chases after him, but but Rachel doesn't know any of this. She goes in Tony's room and now they're both gone. Right. So her and Joe both jump to the conclusion that, oh my gosh. He came back to kidnap Tony and yeah. now they're gone. And then they're frantically searching that. the apartment complex. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love that scene. I mean, that makes so much sense because there it's not an irrational thing to jump to. I don't think because the man's been gone for three years. Right. That's definitely, that's like the first conclusion you would jump to. You're like, Oh shit, they're both oh, exactly. gone. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I thought I, Again, for what this movie is, I sure it throws some weird curveballs, but there's a lot of the stuff that I think they're really right on with as far as like the more realistic aspects of the story. Yeah. Um, but then that's also when <laughs> that's also when basically dad kind of explains to Tony how uh, he changed when he went to the other world and he came back for him. And then I have icky hickey time. Oh. This all right. This is the where it started to get really weird. I mean, it was kind of weird at the beginning, but then this where he's just like um, sucking on his son's neck. I was like, is extra a vampire now? Yeah, no, he's actually like almost like injecting like a giant. It looked like an egg almost. Would you not agree? Yeah, it started to look like an egg and had some veins around it. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Yeah, um, so I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but something is definitely afoot. This mouth, this mouth, I'm sorry. This movie <laughs> is very orally fixated, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. It's very, very weird. And then like Tony's eyes kind of like roll back in his head and it's it's a very odd scene. That Yeah, that uh, was like- uh, Really weird. Because it was almost, you could hear like little sexual moans. It was very odd. Yeah. yeah. Was very, very. <laughs> it's like, uh, this movie <laughs> yeah. is making me feel a little bit uncomfortable right now. Oh, it's a very odd, weird movie. Yeah. It, it's so much about it. <laughs> um, so basically, somehow Tony and Sam make it back to the apartment. And then the couple, Joe and uh, Rachel, return and they're just sitting there. And she's like, Where'd you go? And, and Sam's like, Oh, we just went to get sweets. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, the easy, because they were eating sweets. So it's like, Okay. <laughs> And then now I did like this because their their uh next scene that we get is in Miss Goodman's apartment. 
But on the TV, if you paid attention, they're talking about the mutilated woman that they found, the blonde. Right. Yes, the one who was in the car. Oh, oh that. I okay. No. The, All right. Yeah, I misunderstood. I thought you meant the other woman, not the not the one in the I cottage. Think, I think. I think they were talking about the one in the cottage. I think. Okay. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I thought they were talking about the one. Because, oh, I might be going ahead and um, where the boyfriend finds the photograph, you know, yeah. this whole thing happens yes. later on. So, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. But anyway, I like how they, I love when movies do stuff like that, much like they did with um, vampires, where uh, not Alec Baldwin is listening to the TV and they kind of explain everything that happened at the hotel. Yeah. The severed heads and everything. I love that. I love stuff like that. Anyway, the, and then we get the really odd, uncomfortable dinner scene, like with Sam and Tony and everyone's there, the whole family, Annalise and everything. Yeah. And like, what about Annalise? Isn't she a shitster? She is. And I love that about her because <laughs> she's just, I really can't tell is she, because I don't think she likes Joe either. I think she and I share a lot of the same opinions on Joe, I think. Probably. Yeah. Because she, she seems to, she's like, why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> it's like. Yeah, she's saying like, oh, I think that Sam looks better now than he did in his pictures. And yeah. She's like kind of like poking the bear here and everything. But I don't know if it's just because she likes Sam or she likes aggravating Joe. <laughs> it could be a little bit of both, maybe. I don't know. Now, okay, I, I am not a straight male, so I'm not trying to feed into any straight male fantasy. But... And I don't know if it's because this is foreign, because sometimes foreign films, I think they do this. And I don't know if it's just pandering to like a, a, a straight male audience. Did you at some points in the film get that they were trying to imply like a like a lesbian overtone between Rachel and Annalise? You know what? I did feel that when uh, when Annalise was taking care of her and she was kind of very close and then she moved in yeah. for that uh that oh so tender moment there didn't she like kiss her like on the cheek or something yeah i don't know now i think i think that's a european thing because i have seen um like in some in some foreign films where they actually you know they kiss on both sides of the face and sometimes they kiss each other on the lips so i mean that it might be just completely innocuous okay all right thank you but okay thank you for humoring me um I don't have a gay agenda. I was just asked. It's totally a gay agenda. No. (laughs) All right. Um, And then this is also where Joe springs his like wedding engagement announcement. Like I'm pretty sure Rachel didn't really even wasn't prepared for this at the dinner. And that's what causes Sam to kind of like blow up. Oh, and he throws the bottle. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and and then we've got Tony in the bedroom with Sam. And then we see that Tony has like basically like powers because he's causing that top to spin. Yeah. And he throws a book at it because he can't make it stop. Yeah. But then also this is where Sam says that Annalise would be perfect, but Tony mustn't damage her. Right. Yes. And so I was wondering uh, are they going to use her for mating purposes? You know, take them, take uh, Annalise and the kid back to the world, wherever those aliens come from. The, yeah, there was a lot right. of things implied that never really kind of worked their way out. Well, 
put a pin in that. And I'm also thinking, why would you not choose your wife? Right. What, what's the, what's wrong with her? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I was just curious about that. Okay. Anyway. So now, um, we get the scene with, uh, we're in Miss Goodman's apartment again, and uh, the snake drops through her ceiling. The, the snake has escaped. I'm sorry. Harry the snake has escaped, and it drops like through the ceiling into her salad. Oh, yes, and I, I wrote that down as snake salad. Yeah, because she just like bashes the thing with the meat tenderizer or whatever that is. She's there, such a she bitch. I hate her. Oh, horrible, isn't she? Yeah. And then she stormed her visit to the mom, and she gives a whole like lecture about like, well, he's not responsible enough to have a pet. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in my apartment. Um, and then that's where, uh, we see that like Sam and Tony have that kind of like link going on because he's like, Tony's all upset about the snake and he's looking at Harry, the army man. And Sam's like, no later. Yeah. He says, I know you want, I know you want to kill her, but (laughs) not right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And then, so of course, Sam can't sleep in the bed with Joe and Rachel. So he's stuck on the couch. Um, but we also see that she kept, uh, Rachel has kept some of his clothes. So she gives him some of his clothes that she's been hanging on to for three years. So that tells you something too. Oh yeah. So I, I thought you threw my clothes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of also is a little, uh, nod to how she feels about him, I think. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> leaves. he, he, uh, books it over to the uh, fireplace and just kind of inhales a lot of gas fumes. <laughs> That's <laughs> I was like, okay, so it just keeps getting deeper. It's like he he likes uh, reptile eggs, and now he breathes in gasoline. Uh, not gasoline, natural gas. Yeah, natural gas, yeah, I love that. Um, and understandably, you know, Joe is still confused about the whole thing because now Sam's sleeping on the couch in the other room, and she saved his clothes. Uh, so he's really kind of trying to straighten this all out in the bedroom with Rachel. And she's understandably confused. She's, you know, she's torn. I mean, what a day this woman's had, you know? Um, and then this is also when we find out that Tony has a capacity for making things come alive. He's got this little like clown toy um, and it becomes like an actual clown in his room with like a killer yo-yo. <laughs> and this is where everything starts to get super trippy. Super trippy. Um, yeah, this is where probably a good point to mention that everyone involved in the film during its writing um, was under the influence of some sort of substance or another. Mm. Um, so that's why they attribute a lot of this to being so weird. Uh, it, it wasn't <laughs> just done in a natural state of, of mind. When it was written. <laughs> Somebody um, definitely ate but, the uh, brown acid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but all the noise that the clown is making uh, upsets Miss Goodman, who's right below them. So she starts banging on the ceiling. Um, and then <laughs> I don't know about you, but this next scene coming up, I thought they did it rather well. We see that her door, Miss Goodman's door, there's a knocking on it or the doorbell rings. And then she opens it a little bit and then she's uh, the chain is cut. And then outside on the other side of the door waiting for her is a life-size <laughs> the army man ready to attack her oh that was perfect looks like yeah i thought they did a really good job like they have like like the old gi joes used to have like a like a felt almost yeah hair though you know them the, the 12 inch tall gi joes right yeah exactly yeah i mean yep. they, they did a fantastic job of recreating that look i thought i thought they did a, a 
commando job of that. And I wonder um, if they had the the mime get into costume of the G.I. Joe character because his movements were very robotic and, um, you know, they didn't look human. Definitely. OK, so what? OK, so. The. Um, Army man was Sean Crawford. And the monster was Tim Dry. Oh, OK, so it wasn't and the same person. No, well, but you mentioned the word robotic. They were a UK like duo of robotic minds, and they called themselves Tick and Tock. Oh no and way! They were a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so very right cool. Yeah. That is so cool. And actually, both of them went on to be in Return of the Jedi as well. What were they doing in Jedi? I were knew they, you were going to ask me that. Were they doing the droids? Let's see. I don't think so. No, I think they were more creatures, I believe. Oh, okay. let me see here. Let me see. Let me see. I got one pulled up. Let's see. Return of the Jedi. Oh, gosh, I can't even say this. Uh, uh, yak face. Mar. Hmm. Was don't, uh, don't recall. Was Sean. Yeah. Let's see here. But anyway, yeah, I, they were like a team and that's what they were known for. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, delve more into it, guys, because like my 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 big regular computer's on the fritz, and I'm dealing with a little iPad here, which I apologize for. Um, let's see. That was Sean, and then I thought they did a fantastic job, both of them. Um, like he had the movements down, like mm-hmm. how a toy would look. But sometimes people will pull you out of that. To be honest with you, like their movements aren't quite right. It's like, no, you're a person, but I thought they did a very good job, both of them. And then the whole, like, you know, walking on his uh, hands and uh, oh, uh, yeah. feet, but backwards, uh, that was creepy as anything. Um, <laughs> like if I, they uh, move uh, in a way that's not like humans, then that, that is very unsettling. And there are some like contortionists and whatnot that can pull it off. Yeah. Now, uh, let's see here. Um, the other gentleman, Tim Dry, I should probably spell this instead of trying to say it. Jaquel, J apostrophe Q U I L L E, and it's Jabba's Bonnie Hunter from Star Wars. Okay. If you had gone back in time with me when I was much younger and I was chubby and I had glasses and really bad acne and long curly hair, I could have told you exactly who all these characters were because I lived for Star Wars, but it's been so long. Um, that's kind of not in my file cabinet of things right in the front of my brain. Yeah, anyway, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I could have told you yeah. all of that stuff too. Oh my but gosh, I- yeah. And then I would have stormed away in my uh, my uh, terry cloth shirt in my shorts and my terry cloth <laughs> socks with sandals. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, yeah, he attacks and basically just does uh, Miss Goodman in. But Oh, but wait. <laughs> I can't just leave it like that. So he knows where she's at because she runs and hides from her underneath the couch. Yeah. First, he stabs the curtains, though, because she might be hiding behind the drapes. Yeah. She hides underneath the couch and she would have been okay, maybe. But she has to reach out for a bonbon that's fallen on the floor, chocolate candy. And that's how he realizes she's down there and just stabs her through the couch. I'm like, what the hell? Why would you? Why do you need that candy right now, Miss Goodman? <laughs> you know, I didn't even see that part. I just saw, oh. I just saw the GI Joe guy going over to the couch and then stabbing it with the bayonet, and then there was blood coming out. I was like, 
how the fuck did she fit under there? She's a pretty large woman, you know? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, that's she reached out for the candy that had spilled. She just needed that one little chocolate to get into that <laughs> fiasco. <laughs> Somebody probably thought that would be really fun. Like, how funny would it be if the only thing that did her in was she really wanted a sweet at that particular moment in time? That particular time, she could not restrain herself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So understandably, Joe's upset. He, he just he's like heading out to the studio. And I love that he leaves her the note, which is a folded piece of paper with the note written on it tucked inside the mirror. I wondered where that came from. Yeah. So she gets the note. Um, <laughs> the dear John. The dear John. Yeah. The dear Rachel. <laughs> um, and then so we get Sam. and He's reminiscing. Or is he? Because he's going through the photo album, but going with what you're saying, I wonder if he's not filling himself with memories that may not already be there. I don't know now. Yeah, that's what um, I was wondering, too, because like I said, it yeah. seemed like there were two different personalities inside there. Yeah. All right. So the phone rings and we hear from the doctor that Tony's OK physically. You know, everything's fine. But we also get Annalise going through the laundry. Aha, Which at first yes. doesn't seem like a big deal. No, but, because she's like the nanny like, or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yes, because that's where Sam's coat from the first time he showed up is. And that's where Rachel finds a picture of Jane, the deceased woman who actually owned the car, because he's wearing, he wore Ben's clothes home. So naturally, he would have a picture of Ben of, of uh, Jane in his jacket because it belonged to Ben, her husband or boyfriend or whatever. Right. And, and I had lots not of, even lots thought of, of that. Yeah, wads of cash. So now Rachel's like, aha, you've been with another woman for three years and you probably sold crack to make all this money. <laughs> Where did all this come from? You were selling meth on the corner. Right, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um so and again, I thought that was really clever thing to do because I didn't even think of the coat. I didn't think about having anything in it. I, I thought that was awesome. I'm like, yeah, way to go, filmmaker. The same yeah. with me. I mean, a lot of people overlook that. And like I was ready to just let that go and, you know, let that be it. But then it, it kind of comes back to bite him in the ass. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And I love how she's sitting on the table, like, like cross-legged Annalise, like sorting the laundry. I'm like, that's. That's so Annalise. Like <laughs> everyone else would just be standing there doing it, but like she's on the table, you know, going to lunch. It's a French um, thing. <laughs> it is. I love Annalise so much. Um, so of course, this like fuels all sorts of things with Rachel. So she heads to the studio to share this information with Joe. Um, and she shows him the photograph. And um that so she leaves Tony with Annalise, uh, because that's her job apparently, among other things. Um, and then she realizes that, which she realizes that Paula is there and that Joe has changed his mind about taking those racy photos. Oh, which yes, I'm like, yes. she's not like in a thong. She's dressed like, you know what I mean? I'm like, what? I don't know. Yeah, it's not like if she's she new. Had like, no, she, to me, she was even more dressed than she was selling cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I know she was. She had like this know. little black negligee thing on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, whatever. But yeah, so he's changed his mind now. So he's going to be doing those photos. Um, so, but anyway, so she ends up, whether inadvertently or doing it on purpose, leaving the photo of Jane with Joe, which is important to remember later on. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. But so we have Tony there with Annalise and he's wanting to play hide and seek, but she's just wanting to get it on with Michael. I know she, she apparently likes to fuck a lot. Yeah. Well, she's French. Oh Um, yeah, that's true. They speak the language of love. Love. Uh, And she's like, I got to lay down. I have a headache. And like, Tony's like, I want to play hide and seek. Um, (laughs) Obnoxious uh, little bastard. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so now we get the apartment intercut with um, Rachel wanting to take, she's decided she's going to take Sam back to the cottage to see if that jars any memories. So we've got the two things going on. We've got the car trip and then we've got uh, Tony with Annalise and Michael, but Michael's hidden in the bedroom. So Tony is, we're led to believe Tony has no idea that he's there. Um, so we've got Annalise playing hide and seek. Very, uh, <laughs> half-heartedly um with tony and then we've got the the couple sam and rachel heading off to the cabin yeah so during their disingenuous game of a hide and seek tony books it out of the apartment and onto the lift outside the the uh, elevator that they have outside and he's kind of taunting annalise and so once she gets on the lift, that's when we see that the little evil clown thing is <laughs> actually wedged himself above on the ceiling of the lift. That's so unsettling. It's yeah, it's very weird. And I don't know why I because I've seen it so many times, but like I I don't want Annalise to 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 any harm to come to her. I really like Annalise a lot. I do um, too. I really felt bad. I was like, please don't kill her. No. Um, but actually we see Tony and the clown dragging her back inside the apartment and they hit her on the head with this rubber hammer, but apparently it knocks her unconscious. <laughs> apparently, like at first it looks like a real hammer and then it kind of goes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then we see Tony <laughs> with his mouth on her stomach. Oh boy. And I, I really thought she was going to be like a womb for, for another extra right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Clearly nothing good will come of that. But no. now we're back at the cottage. Um, and we see there's these little burn marks on the door. And we realize that someone must have been there before. Mm-hmm. And the gas is on. We know who loves the smell of natural gas, don't we, boys? And girls? Oh, yes, we do. So Rachel decides to open all the windows and everything. And she's freaked out that there's clearly been someone in the house. But Sam doesn't seem worried about it because he's just kind of strolling off like aimlessly into the yard. Yeah, he's just kind of uh, in a zone and he's just like walking around looking with his head in the clouds. Yeah, he's like, hey, let's go for a walk before it gets dark. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever, Rachel. Um, and now we've got the boyfriend. We're back at the apartment and we've got Michael searching for Annalise. And isn't it great when he walks by that uh, tank on the floor? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, that's not going to be good because we know that Tony has the power to control things and mm-hmm. that toys are no longer toys. They're they're means of death. They, yes, they are. They're deadly weapons. I mean, it's the puppet master all over again. Mm-hmm. Or the first so basically, uh, the first showing of the puppet master. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, the little tank starts firing it at Michael and he books it into the bathroom. And that's where we see that poor Annalise is encased in like this web-like substance in the bathtub. Yes, and I was crying. I was like, no, not Annalise. Annalise, poor Annalise. 
Um, and so he books it out of there only to be confronted by a Black Panther. And I, I don't mean like the righteous Black movement group. I mean like an actual animal. And hey, did you notice that Panther was missing a tooth? No, was he? Yeah, I was missing one of its, uh, the sharp teeth in the front, the canines. Oh, no. Yeah, so it must have been like um, an older panther. Because I think they start to lose teeth at a certain age. Oh. Well, we're moving on because we move on now to the couple back at the forest and it's starting to get dark. And then there's like all these like decaying animals over the place and like Rachel sees that. But then Sam's over there like kind of like on a log shivering and they just start kissing. Oh, yeah. And I and was like, how, oh. I don't know that see the, the movie has at certain points confused and confounded me. And this is one of those when it's okay. like, I was like, okay, does, does Sam, is Sam really Sam or is, uh, is the alien Sam remembering like the human Sam, the way he felt about certain things and things like that. But then all of a sudden it's like the, the innate nature kind of takes over and it's or just, is he just playing Rachel? Yeah, that's true. He could be doing that as well. You know, I don't, yeah, I, you have no clue. Yeah, I don't, yeah. But anyway, she just seems to be going for it, hook, line, sinker. Oh, yeah. then all of a sudden they're, they're inside by the fire and they're, you know, sharing memories and they kind of discuss Joe. Uh, and she decides that she's got, she actually says that she's like, I'm going to phone home. And I'm like, did you do that because of E.T.? And I, I meant to look it up, but I don't remember which came first. This is 82. When was E.T.? I should know this, uh, but I was just wondering, like, was this an homage to E.T.? I thought E.T. might have been uh, 83 or 84. Let me check. Nope. E.T. is 82. So I wonder, was that just a weird, happy coincidence? I don't know. Anyway, I thought that was fun. But of course, um, we see that, um, uh, that Sam has actually pulled out a chunk of his scalp. <laughs> Um, yeah, that human body must be degrading at a fast yeah, rate. But I'm now. Like, yeah, I'm like, that would smell horrible. <laughs> <laughs> He's got bad eczema. Leave him alone. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. And then so while the phone's ringing, we're back at the apartment now because the clown has knocked over the refrigerator and he's filling up with his gunk. And then Tony's just sitting there kind of chilling while this is going on. Yeah, the uh, this is another part that was like, okay, th- they were on acid clearly because this is just all yeah. kinds of fucked up. Yeah. And then the clown just rips the phone from the wall. So he's not going to be interrupted anymore by that thing. So she decides to get a hold of like the superintendent, Mr. Knight, and she asked him to go upstairs and check on Tony and Anna. And he's a crusty old bastard too. He is. Cause he's like so nice. And he like, doesn't call her a name after he hangs up on her. <laughs> yeah. He, I think he calls her a bitch. I think so. Yeah. And then now we get the bathroom scene where like, you know, Rachel's not even in the tub anymore. Now she's like, basically like her cocoon is attached to like the ceiling and wall. And she's like hanging there. You can see her face, but like, there's like an opening at the bottom of the cocoon. And these like egg things are like rolling out. They've got these red veins all over them. And the clown's like catching him in this bucket. (laughs) And I thought that was because the little kid liked snakes so much and uh, the father ate all the snake eggs. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, who knows? Who knows? Ugh. So anyway, yeah, so that's going on inside. But then Mr. Knight's trying to, you know, ring the doorbell, but it's not going, you know, no one's answering it. So it's going unanswered. 
so he like takes the elevator back downstairs, but it leads him just into darkness pretty much where he meets the um, deadly yo-yo of death with the little spinning razors at the yeah. end of it blades. I, I was going to ask if that was a different toy or was that the yo-yo with the razor blades in it? I'm pretty sure that's the yo-yo with the razor blades. But okay. Where he is, I do not know. Just, <laughs> I guess another dimension. <laughs> he immediately got transported into the fun house. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so in, in, in a fit of like despair, because no one's helping her, she calls Joe, um, who he's probably like so over all this by now. She's like, you know, whatever. But uh, she wants him to check on the apartment. He agrees. Um, but he also has the photo in his hand. And we see in several shots that he's got this like, it's like a parakeet, I think, of some bird in a cage. Well, as you do, he's lined the bottom of the bird cage with newspaper. As he's holding the picture of the girl from the jacket that Sam was wearing, which actually belonged to Ben. And we know the girl is Jane, the deceased one with her stomach ripped open. Jane's photo is also in the newspaper. Um, because she's been found dead. And he's like, oh, so the plot thickens. Not only does Sam have a picture of this girl, but this girl, her body has now been found. So there's something really wrong with Sam. Oh, yeah. And that's when he's like, I better spring into action. Exactly. And yeah, so he heads out. um, And then we see that Sam has actually burnt the phone lines with his incredible melting hand because the little phone box inside the house has been melted. Ah, yes. Now, I love how Joe doesn't question this. He flees the studio, runs to get in his car, and on top of the hood, there sits Tony. And he's like, oh yeah, Annalise dropped me off because she's going to go hang out with Michael. And I'm like, really? This is something Annalise just does all the time? Yeah. Because <laughs> that did not, like, Joe didn't bat an eye at that information. He's like, okay, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I guess you just got to go with. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, but uh, okay, what? yeah, okay. Anyway, so now we see Rachel and Sam and they're in the middle of hot, the throes of hot, passionate love. <laughs> Except <laughs> Sam's pretty much like falling apart physically. It's like, it's the fly all over again, or actually the beginning, it because is. this came before it the is. fly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Um and I love how she's trying to comfort him, but I'm like, he didn't like sneeze or cough or get like a leg cramp. Like he's coming apart. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's literally like splitting open. There's like goo. Cause that's how she realizes it. Cause she dips her hand in like goo of his body. Yeah. I thought it was cause she touched his back and it was all cut up and gross looking and stuff. But as she pulls it, her hands back, there's like gunk on her finger. Oh, so okay. Like I didn't see that. Him. Yeah. So I'm like, well, okay. That may be because as Rob and I were discussing off air, there's multiple versions of this. The one I watched was the UK version and you actually caught yours on YouTube. So we're not even sure which one was uploaded that you watched. Right. I don't know what version that I was seeing. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> They're all so they're all so trippy. Uh, but anyway, so he gets mad and pushes her. And I like how she hits her head on the little like wicker wa- waste basket. Yeah. And then she, she looks the at him. She's like, you bastard. No, she doesn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he takes off looking all worse for the wear. Um, and then basically Joe and Tony have arrived at the cottage. 
Joe's telling Tony to stay locked inside. And I'm thinking, oh, Joe, you don't know what you're dealing with here, bud. Yeah, you don't know um, what you're getting yourself into. Not at all. Because he is not on your side and he doesn't need your protection. It's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he runs to the cottage. The cottage door is open. So Joe runs in. He's like looking for Rachel. And then she's kind of like at the top of the steps and she's, you know, her neck's all bruised and everything. And she's like, you need to leave right now. But I'm like, aren't you going with him? Like, I wouldn't stick around. So he grabs her. They run outside and they realize that Tony's gone. Are you with me? Oh, I'm still with you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because what's happened is Sam has taken Tony by the hand uh, and they're kind of like heading up the hill towards like the forest in this kind of like bright light. Yeah. And at this well, point, Joe uh, decides. Oh, sorry. No, go, no, go, go, go. Oh, I noticed at this point that uh, the kid was also, his skin was falling apart a little bit and they were both looking pretty ragged. Yeah. And then this is where Joe's got going to be a hero and he takes off after the two of them, the father son. And then Sam emits this like ear splitting noise and blood starts <laughs> pouring out of Joe's ears. Oh man. I was, then, I was waiting for a scanner moment and uh, to, for Joe's head to kind of just explode after that. Yeah. We didn't get that though. Did we? No, it was no. just pretty much the blood. Yeah. Which I'm surprised it wasn't, maybe not the head explosion, but something more the way the film has been up to this point. I, I kind of thought we'd get more, but we did. Yeah. I thought so too. But we did get like, so Rachel's pursuing them and then Sam turns and there's this weird like close up of this like melty skull face guy. Yeah. Like all the skin just melted from the, from yeah, the creature. It me, yeah. Did you ever see the incredible melting man? No, I've never seen that. Okay. It reminded me very much of that movie. I'm like, this looks just like that guy. But anyway, so there's, you know, clearly like the mothership or whatever has come back to like, claim you know sam and tony and um by now like the alien is is looking more and more alien-esque and less and less like sam and then we see like you know tony's got him by the hand but tony is starting to look more and more alien-esque too yeah. and he just kind of turns and walks off into the light and rachel's just kind of like <laughs> yeah she don't know what to oh, make of God. the situation no she's like she's like gobsmacked you know like <laughs> her whole world is falling apart yeah um and then basically uh, Sam, extra alien, whatever you want to say. By now, he really is not Sam. He's just an alien life form now. He's like engulfed in light. Uh, and then there's these like little like light, like drops, droplets of light. And then everything's engulfed. And it's just, you hear almost like approaching thunder, but there's never like never uh, a rain cloud or anything. And now it's dawn and there's just, Rachel's just left standing there. <laughs> yeah, she's a and that's completely dumbfounded. I mean, it's just like everything she knew is gone. Is gone. Is gone, including stupid Joe. <laughs> yep. Now, did he die or like is are his like is his ears still bleeding at that point? In my world, he's dead. Okay, yeah, cuz I was like, okay, this guy's dead. <laughs> I don't know. I just want Joe dead. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's somewhere out there. There's like Joe lovers everywhere. They're like, no, he just had to get him bandaged. It's fine. That's that. If you want that to be your continuity, I'm okay with that. In mine, he died horribly. Um, <laughs> In mine, his head exploded. <laughs> right, and he regretted everything he did up until that point. 
now, how did your movie end, Rob? Okay, it ended uh, with, at this point, I thought that she was taken over by the alien creature because she went back to the apartment, um, opened the okay. refrigerator and pulled an egg out of the refrigerator, one of those weird looking eggs, and she was just holding it. And at one point I thought she was going to crush it and destroy it, but she was just kind of holding it and looking at it. And then it popped out and did that whole face suction thing on her. And okay. that, that was so the now, end of the movie for me. Okay. So for me, the UK version, um, Rachel goes back to the apartment. It's basically pitch black outside the apartment door, but you see a bright light coming from like the crack of the door. Okay. Uh, she opens the door and there's the Black Panther. I'm not making this up either. I don't want you to think I'm bullshitting you. She opens the door. There's a Black Panther and then there's the Black Eggs. But it's all basically super bright. So really, you're just seeing bright, bright light and the things I'm describing more or less. Okay. Okay. Um, he lifts up one. There's something pulsating inside of it. Um, they were black until she lifts it up. And then it's almost like yellowish with something black inside. Uh, she lifts up to her face. I bet you it's the scene that you described. I bet you they use the same scene. She lifts it up to her face. Then this like tendril thing jumps out and grabs her by the face. And then we cut to her lifeless body on the floor uh, and the door slams shut. And that's how my movie ended. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I had a different cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, if I'm not mistaken, there might be one to two more different ones, if I'm not mistaken. I thought that was kind of uh, a fucked ending because I actually wanted to know what became of Annalise. <laughs> and, um, I also wanted to know like what I don't exactly know. They kind of left it open-ended. I don't know what it meant that uh, she got face sucked. Now, is she going to give birth to another Sam or there was just a lot of questions left unanswered for me. I'm so glad you said that. I remember one of the endings. They filmed an ending where she comes back to the apartment and it is filled with Tonys, but they didn't like the effect because they had to use masks and they thought it was unconvincing. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going back to what you said. So let's take this by what we know. The blonde that got attacked in the cottage, it would be pretty much kind of the same thing, even though she was attacked by the giant extra, it was the same thing where it attached itself to the mouth. Correct? Right. So if we go by that, she gave birth to something giant. So I would assume she's going to give birth to maybe another Sam or maybe a Tony. Maybe. Would you think? Yeah. How many eggs were in there? Five or so? There were quite a few eggs. Yeah, there were a lot of eggs in there. And are we to assume that they stopped or did um, like Annalise keep producing them and the clown kept getting more and more? We don't yeah. know, you know what I mean. Like what went on while she was at the cottage? Right. Well, she's still popping those things out left and right. Is she still doing it to this day? Has that apartment <laughs> yes. been cleaned out? We don't know. How many extras are running around out there? Exactly. As you cut to me, and then like I am now extra, and you've been talking to me this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and then through the microphone, a giant tentacle comes out and sucks my face. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now. Um, really quick, because we I don't do this with all the movies, but I really would like to do a recasting couch with this one because there's a couple of people that I would want to see like in this if we're gonna redo it. 
Absolutely. It's time for Recasting Couch with Mark. It is. So get comfortable. Dust it off. Lay down. Um, so for Sam, the husband, to me, it's got to be Adrian Brody. Ooh, good pick. Good pick. Okay. So, okay. Now, Rachel, I kept seeing shades of Susan Sarandon. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Now this one, you're going to know what I'm talking about, or you're not going to have any clue. Joe, he's not an actor, but I really want it to be the MTV VJ Mark Goodman. Not familiar. So when MTV first started, it was the original lineup. This guy was kind of like um, curly hair. He had that perm going on. He really looked a lot like this guy. So that's who I, I automatically made him Mark Goodman the MTV VJ. If you look him up at some point, you'll be like, oh yeah, I could see that, I think. And then, um, not that I don't love uh, Miriam Diabo, but if I had to recast it, I would put Natasha Kinski is our nanny. Oh, <laughs> nice. And people and, yeah, that's who I would put. But those are, those are the only people I would recast because I don't really know who I'd put for Tony or anyone else, but those are my recasting couch selections. Nice. Yeah, I so I think you made a good pick there. I mean, I can if they remake like if if they remade this movie, I would want them to come and visit you and like say, "Okay, this is who I want for the cast of this film." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I just sometimes when I watch these movies, I like that that's who they totally like wanted or if they were going to update this or you know, with this being a British film, if they wanted to, you know, make it American. This is who you stick in it. I don't know. I just, Oh yeah. Um, now, uh, you've lived through extra. I have, I, I you, survived it. Are you better for having experienced it? Or you wish you'd never seen this in your life? No, I am. I actually enjoyed this movie. I really did. Um, I went in not knowing what to expect, but I always enjoy watching new movies that I have not seen. Well, it's not a new movie, but to me it is because I've never seen it. Um, so it's like, yeah, it was enjoyable, even though there was a lot of parts that it seemed to just kind of go from one place to the next. And I didn't really understand it. But aside from that, I mean, it was a really well thought out film and like without the, you know, without the ending, having the questions unanswered, I mean, I can still live with that, but it's like, I really wanted to know what happened, what became of these people. Um, but I yeah. enjoyed it. And to me, I really do hope if you stuck with us this far, you've already seen the film. Cause just like Rob experienced it, just like I experienced it, you know, way back when neither one of us knew what we were getting into. And I think that's, part of the fun of this film is just not knowing what extra is going to hand you next. Right. Uh, Cause it's so trippy. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, clockwork orange or naked lunch. It's just fucking weird. I mean, exactly. it's, it's yeah, all over not the bad place. Weird. It's amazing. Weird. I think. No, it's a good weird. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. it will have you questioning if you're the one high while watching it. Right, right. It's like a fever dream. I mean, it almost, how do I explain it? It almost feels like you're experiencing what these people would be experiencing if this happened. Yeah, I think because it's I can remember like being, being 
you know, high temperature, sick and delusional and just like laying in bed thinking about shit like this. And so I, I oh, can yeah, totally relate so to it. Yeah, it's so weird and trippy. Yeah. Um, I, of course, love this movie so, so much. Um, I It does sadden me that it's harder to find because uh, I think it's an awesome watch. I think if you're going to say you're a horror fan or a sci-fi fan or a horror sci-fi fan that you really need to have seen this at some point in your life, um, I think you'll be better off for sitting through it. Um, I Even if it's not your cup of tea, I think you cannot walk away from it and not at least give it kudos for like the practical effects, uh, for its originality, um, mm -hmm. for taking chances. Um, you're not going to really be able to say that you've seen things quite like this before. Right. Or after. And also it's not even difficult to sit through. I mean, you're sitting there, it's an hour and about 24 minutes long, maybe. And it's just like, you know, there's not a lot of character development. It just kind of takes you along for the ride and you're there and you're like, okay, I wonder what happens next. And it just goes boom, boom, boom. And the next thing you know, it's over with. Right. Yes. But to me, there is enough character development that is necessary for the story to move along, if that makes any sense. Oh, that does. I just meant that they didn't sit there for like 45 minutes developing characters before they got into the action. Oh, yeah. No, no. I agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, the action pretty much does, or not action, but like the plot of the story. I mean, it pretty much hits the ground running as yeah. far as like, you know. Yeah. Um, I think the caribou, the caribou, the characters <laughs> are likable enough. Uh, or unlikable when they're supposed to be. Um, the effects, I think, are still pretty awesome considering the age of the film. Um, oh, yeah, they are. They're, they're really good. I mean, I, if you can be unsettled in the middle of the night by some some kind of mime walking on their backwards limbs, <laughs> just, oh, man, that'll get you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, to me, if I was going to tell someone the best time to watch this, I would say alone in a dark room stormy night if preferable don't watch it in the middle of the day i mean nighttime it, yeah this this to me still has a high creep factor to it oh yeah definitely like around 10 or 11 at night when it's quiet and you know oh yeah like you said with the lights out maybe there's a storm going on outside yeah, yeah. perfect ambience I, I think if you if everyone involved has already seen it. It would be a fun group movie. But if there's anyone that is their first experience with it, I definitely wouldn't want to watch it with like a boisterous crowd. No, definitely not. Especially if, yeah. um, since you, you've already seen it, so you know what's going to happen. And then you're just kind of talking through the whole film and having conversation instead of just sitting there and enjoying it. Yeah. And it does have its goofy moments. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I think if you are like in that mystery science theater 3000 or 2000 mode and you're just making fun of everything, it's going to do the film a disservice. Because um, there yeah. are some genuinely unnerving moments to it, I think. Oh, there is there there when they make the tension in this film, the, the tension is there and you can feel it. Yeah, and, and I think if you're just joking about everything all the way through, I think you're really not going to take away from what it has to offer. 
Yeah, because you're you're kind of not paying attention to what's going on. You're paying attention to more the uh, reactions of others. Yeah, uh, and then I think you'll be making more light of things that really wasn't the director's intent for it to be mm -hmm. a joke. Yeah. But anyway, I love this film so, so much. I'm so glad you watched it. Thank you for being open to it. Um, and I'm glad you liked it, too. That makes me happy. I wasn't sure if the pacing would get to you or if you would be okay with it. Um, I thought you'd be okay with the effects. I thought you really enjoyed that part of it. That aspect. Oh, yeah. It was so good. I love, love to experience these, you know, movies that I had not seen that I'm, you know, things from the past that I may have overlooked that I may have missed. And it's like, oh, now I get the chance to watch these and really kind of appreciate them more. Yeah. And this one really wasn't like just everywhere and easily accessible. Like, I don't remember this popping up on cable or anything. Like, it really was just at my video store, as far as I can remember. Yeah, I think yeah, Extro awesome. 3 was the easier one to watch because it was pretty much yeah. everywhere. I think I watched it on Sci-Fi Network, if I'm not mistaken. I think out of all the three, that was the most accessible, to my knowledge. Yeah. So now, Rob, am I correct in my that we uh, will be heading to Tremorland for our next one? Um, let me check the schedule. Did I? Sure. I really have to. Now I have it written down. So, oh wow, you're right. Okay, yes, the Tremors will be our next movie that we're covering. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Dillon, yes. <laughs> exactly. exactly, everyone. It's it's my favorite Kevin film. Yeah, so we'll be doing Tremors. And um, I cannot thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking with us through these episodes. I love doing them. I think Rob does as well. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad that you've stuck around this far and you're still with us. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Uh, and uh, as I always say, I think the more the scarier. So we love having you with us. And Rob, you have anything? Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, get a hold of us. Yes. If you want to get a hold of us, you can hit us up on the email, you know, the old email, not snail mail, but email. And that's mmccpod at gmail.com. Or uh, where else can they find us? I am always forever linked to Instagram, and our account is. Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And I appreciate the followers we got over there. And if you ever want to reach me, just shoot me a message over there. I'm always happy to connect that way. I love it. So basically, that would be, I'm thinking like inmates. No, anyone, to me, anyone who loves these films and loves hearing us talk about it, which I'm not sure who that is, but I appreciate you, whoever you are. Those, those types of folks, horror, horror fans out there everywhere. And you know who you are. I know who you are. There's no need to hide it. Yeah, Mark knows where you live. I know where you live because I watch you when you're sleeping. I'm like Santa Claus, but I have a Polaroid. He's uh, um, he's dressed in a clown outfit and wearing Juggalo makeup, and he's licking your windows. <laughs> That's why just that one section is so clean all the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has gone on long enough. Um, stay spooky, and we will see you next time when we cover Tremors.